Hello, dear listeners, and welcome. Hello. Oh, hi. Oh, there's one. Are you are you gonna be a, a an audience member this time? Well, I mean, no, I'm I'm me, but I am listening to you. So okay, that's fair. Um, can you just uh, do you want to just do another a new a new take on that? You just no, like the new. No, I don't. Uh, and welcome to Hey, I've Got an Idea show. That's my brother, Luke the Bye Bye Man Williams. That's. A format break. I can roll with the punches. All right, that's my brother, uh, Mason, the uh, dog blender Williams, and yep. I am going to make an invention. W- uh, and before I'm your very going ears. to help. And Mason is also here. And this <laughs> yes. week we will make a Ford game. That's no, right. I- don't believe that's correct. We are going my to make a. Co- okay, sorry. Let me try that again. We okay. are going to make a gourd game. That's right. You're gonna make something with a maybe a pumpkin or a little squash, and it turns into a fun little game that you can do. Uh, is that is that did I got that right? Is that a good launching off point? I, you know what? I'm gonna run with it. Yes, no. we're doing gourd game. Uh, I mean, we gotta have a surface for our new thing that we're gonna make the board game. Uh, so no, maybe the, it's the a... gourd. The gourds are the surface. the The problem is, is that I don't want to retitle it to gourd game in case somebody would click on board game. Well, I mean, you get your gourds, and you're like rolling them, you're stacking them, you're eating them, you're throwing them at each other. And, I mean, what's not to like? We don't need any boards. Boards are boring. Fuck boards. Boards are boring. More like board game. Am I right? Yeah, I figure we just roll up all the gourds on a Katamari and turn it into the gourd star, and then that's fun forever. This gourd is looking very gourdy. It's almost as gourdy as a, 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 a 180 flamingos. Okay. Remember, that's the thing that he... Okay, so here's the thing. For mm-hmm. board game, right off the top, okay. is there a difference between a board game and what is now seeming to be the more new catch-all term of tabletop? Uh, I'm going to say yes, there is a difference between board games and just tabletop games. Uh, I am going to say that a board game requires, if not a board per se at least a structured play space. So just a card game is not a board game because it does not create a structured play space. But if it's a card game where you're laying down cards and all of a sudden there's tessellation, you're creating like a little map with the cards, all of a sudden that card game, yes, becomes a board game. Hmm, interesting. So you're sort of speaking to like a settler's setup, right? Yeah, settlers or uh, like anything else. If you're making like a little maze, if you're making like some sort of dungeon that you go through with tiles. Oh, like, like that, that, that game that you game. that game that you made. Um, uh, several, yeah. Uh, however, uh, like if you don't have a specific structured play space, like Jenga, I don't think is a board game. Hmm. 
Okay, I suppose I agree with you on that point. Um, I suppose there's also a million different... Ah, oh, man, like, I don't know. Does it matter? Because, like, board... Uh, like, the, the, the mission statement was board game... But if we were yes. end up designing something that's tabletop more and board game less, do we care? Like, it's the same well, thing, Well, all we need right? to do then in that case is we'll say, hey, you know, I know this is like a game with some sticks and cards and dice, and you think you don't need a board, but you can't use your own table. You got to buy one of our tables, and that table is the board. Okay, so for the listeners... Um, I want to catch us up on just two things real quick. One is that I want to sort of lay down what I would like uh, us to do a little bit first. And then second... And then the thing we're going to do instead. Yeah. Yeah. No, the other thing is just sort of speaking to your background, which is much, much more uh, board game uh, uh, empowered than my background is. So um, uh, one thing that I would like to do is uh, we designed a card game. Which was pretty good. I like the idea of it. And I'm, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out right now and say the board game we make not gonna be good team go themed. We already did good team game. Yeah. We are not doing a secondary good team game that involves a board. We don't need that shit. I completely agree. Not only because is it a little bit like old hat that we don't want to do that, and you know, not everything we design is gonna have that brand. I mean, we might do it again for something else, but a first person shooter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I uh, I don't think we need to do another tie-in just yet. Also, mm-hmm. um, we designed something relatively simple. It was something that uh, I guess our target uh, market of like an 8, eight to 10 sort of age range uh, could pick up relatively easily. That's cool and all. So uh, you want to go hard mode? I want to go hard mode, yeah. You I wa- want something for like the 21 and up crowd with like a manual the size of a novel. Oh, I should I should mention this. I actually once played in what was possibly the worst board game experience of my life. Uh, it was this World War II. I don't even want to call it a board game per se. It was more like a simulation. Oh. Uh, and there was like this elaborate map and like everybody was playing like different countries. But the game was set up in such a way that even though it was incredibly realistic, at the same time, like... It was structured so that if you followed the optimum strategy, you would still be playing out World War II the way it actually happened. Uh, And, no joke, huge rules, ridiculously complicated, took hours and hours and hours to play. And, like, if you don't give a fuck about World War II and, like, the historical accuracy of the planes, like... It's hell, and that was me, because I do not give a fuck about the Luftwaffe. Yeah, so someone out there designed the ultimate World War II uh, reenactment wet dream of a board game, and the casual public that is not a World War II enthusiast is just going to hate it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so let's I, I, not I do that. I don't that specific, but that was an example of a board game that would be unpalatable to anyone under the age of, say, 18. And even for anybody over 18, maybe like 1% of the population would have been into it. <laughs> like it turns into this elaborate skill set to be able to play the game at all. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no kidding, no kidding. Like, even, like, me reading the manual and having, like, four other people who had played the game before coaching me through it, it was still, it was like doing my taxes. Like, I couldn't. Okay, so here's another thing that I just want to speak to, just because I find this kind of fascinating, and then then we'll get to your your background. Um, Mm -hmm. I just realized, isn't it kind of crazy that uh, D&D is as popular as it is? Because... That's essentially a tabletop experience where you could or could not follow the exact rules. You could use figures on a on a map, but you don't have to. You could follow the campaign strictly, but you really don't have to because if the DM is following the rules properly, then it, then it's kind of fun. But also, if you some rules don't fit, you don't got to play that way because you're just doing the best role playing that you can do, and 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 that's like the the number one thing. How is it that that freeform structure where a DM has to sort of be good at the thing beforehand, how did that do better than most board games? Like, you you don't have a game, your average game that is, like, difficult to pick up doesn't... Yeah, like, like most people do not get together to play Scrabble for, like, six hours once a week. Like, yeah. Scrabble is good, but it's not that good. Yeah, but also imagine if there was a Scrabble master that <laughs> required a certain skill set and or knowledge and experience to be able to facilitate the game properly. And if you don't have one of those, it's 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 not as good. Mm-hmm. Like, would Scrabble catch on the same way from Scrabble? Like, no, of course not. It wouldn't work that way. That's not yeah, how no, other D&D board games work. Is, it's, it's weird and it's difficult, but it speaks fundamentally to humans' desire to imagine and tell stories together, which is why you don't have people playing Scrabble to the same extent, is because Scrabble, you don't have a story. There's no Scrabble story. That's not a thing. Uh, although, oh, maybe that's what we could do, is we could make a version of Scrabble that has a narrative to it. Okay, well... well that's not that's not the worst idea, but let's let's get back to that in a minute. Uh, okay, so next, this is should have possibly been like within the first couple of minutes. But Mason, your uh-huh. board game creation background. Yes. Go ahead. I I make board games. Uh, I put them on the internet, and people enjoy them. Uh, very often, in much the same way as you know, the vast majority of my art. Like, I put a ton of work into it, but once I put out, like, the alpha version, fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that's my approach to the vast majority of my forms of art, and, like, it, it is only because I have failed as often and as hard as I have that I have learned how to make better stuff now like if i was working on version 6.0 of like the first board game i had made when i was like 18 like it would still be shit no i'm i make games and card games and board games and i'm always come out with new stuff and i put that out on the internet and much like D &D, i encourage people you know what make this your own if you're playing it and one part of the rules doesn't work for you or your group fuck it, get rid of that rule. If you don't like this card, fuck it, get rid of that card. If you want to include, like, a different custom card, do it. Like, I am all about uh, facilitating creative play and, like, whatever you're into, by all means, do the thing. Okay, so just uh, sort of facilitating a 
interview of a game creator here for for a, 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 a just a minute. Serious um, journalism. What is uh? How many board games would you say you've made in your life? Fuck, I have no idea. Uh, like, I'm gonna say at least two dozen. Oh, I f- I thought it was potentially like forty or fifty by now, but okay, that sounds that sounds accurate enough. Just just for for context, like you we you have been doing this since you were about eighteen. I was around for playtesting. At, at when we were, you know, uh, 20-somethings. Or I, I would say even earlier than 18. Like, I remember back in the day when I used to make, like, custom chess sets out of Lego. Yeah, yeah. That was good stuff. And, like, when I was in high school, we had to do a project on World War One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the yeah, hardtack and the trench foot and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was playing the thing, and you had to go around, and you had Lego heads that were your counters, and that represented, like, how many people you still had alive. And it was actually <laughs> terribly, you know, de- demoralizing. But, I mean, that's World War One. World War One was the not-fun World War. World War Two, uh, like, I'll grant you the board game I played was bullshit, but it was at least more exciting and it had that explosive end to it like an exclamation point and you had a really bad bad guy like world war ii is like the sequel to world war one it's just like they world war one is like rambo first blood and then world war ii is like they're really embracing rambo and they're just letting him kill people like he wants to you know okay um but uh but yeah, I mean, I was around for a lot of these board games that you, you created. A lot of them just were way, way in crazy different directions. There was the uh, uh, the shifting tile dungeon one. Uh, I remember uh, us doing a full on risk thing with five different like uh, yeah, it was futuristic armies, and you played like the humans or the droids or like the collective consciousness robo thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were that's good stuff, man. I remember, like, there was one that we wound up playing, like, in the van after church, and the idea was, like, you had to collect words to make sentences, but we kept going with go to hell, and when you get to go to hell, you get to pick up one of the other players, you know, pieces and throw it out of the van, and they have to go, you know, run outside and get it. <laughs> I I should remember that one. I don't know yeah, if I no, do. Yeah, because you're like, you, we had to like, I think you even had letters, like it wasn't even words, and you had to collect the letters until you could make a sentence. I seem to remember dramatically saying, go to hell, and then pitching a, a character out the window. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but anyway, um, so this is very much in, in, uh, in your field of okay. stuff that you've done before. Um, I, I I want to make a board game again. I should do this. I want to make a board game with nice, soft, safe pieces so that when a character or a player or their piece or whatever has some awful fate befall them, you get to pick it up and just huck it across the room. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, and then the cat picks it up and eats it. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> you remember Grape Escape, where you made the grapes out of Play-Doh, and Dude, then, like, as they're going through, you squish them? Yeah. That had to be one of the most attractive-looking games that ever was. Like, mm. we we had Mousetrap, and that did not live up to the hype, because it was, like, half an hour of setup to make sure this Rube Goldberg machine works, then a shitty game, 
And then when yeah, you like get to nobody the... plays Mousetrap properly. Mousetrap, like nobody cares about the game. You just want to make the Rube Goldberg machine and set it off and then take it apart and put it away again. Like nobody cares about the actual game. Yeah, and I don't know if Grape Escape was any kind of fun, but boy, did that ad make it look like a fun ass game. Like, oh man, imagine like, you know, getting to squish your opponent. Yeah, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, what do you want to make? Okay, uh, as with card game, I do want to make a game that can be easily uh, modified into a strip and or drinking uh, ver- variation. Okay, fair. Um, Could I throw one thing out there that I want to bring to the table? No pun, in, uh, okay. no, pun no pun intended. Um, I would like to see a lot of very interesting, perhaps intricate, perhaps just exciting, uh, pieces. Like, I want, I want to track not just counters for, like, money or, uh, you know, uh, 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 points or whatever the MacGuffin is for a win condition. Uh I want to be doing resource management with a lot of different kinds of pieces. Like I oh, want oh, Okay, okay, so here's the fun thing, right? You've got your piece and you're going around the table or the board or whatever and as you're journeying, you're gathering things and you're putting more things on your piece as it's moving. Like, oh, now I got the hat and you put the hat on your little guy. Oh, I got the sword and you put the sword on your little guy. But then if your guy gets fucked up in some way, you trigger a trap or whatever, whoever triggered the trap on you, they get to like pick your shit up and throw it across the room and then like you're back to, to nothing. You All your stuff went away. It got thrown. That is pretty fun. Uh, I do like it, but then, I mean, as much as this is an adult sort of game, truthfully, I'm thinking about, you know, damage to the house, pets, small children that could joke on stray you swords. You make them out of beanbags! Okay, but, but let's, let's, okay. Let's, let's just take a, take another second here. Okay. That's a good concept. I also, uh, want another thing. Okay. Um, I recently watched a, a let's play of sorts. It was a YouTube personalities playing a full hour of nightmare. The, okay. And it, you know, playing it in 2017, you get a very interesting, uh, set of observations. One thing is that, uh, the game's kind of broken. It kind of okay. it kind of it kind of sucks in that the actual like there's a lot of very subjective rules and stuff. There's a lot of things that are um, like I'm trying to think of an example. Um, like you there, the youngest, yeah. give all your cards away. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Where yeah, the stressful nature of the situation is like oh maybe you've got uh you're really close and you're 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 one of the only ones that are doing well enough to win the game and then some arbitrary thing and then like there's all these rolls that you get where oh if 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 somebody rolls a two then you get to take their cards but you have to remember that that's a rule and like i get that there's building tension and stress and stuff it just was partially executed well and partially not and you know don't get me wrong when you're eight who gives a shit? Like, that yeah. is still a very engaging, scary experience 
that I haven't, I mean, they made sequels to the game, but other than yeah. that, haven't seen anything quite like that since. Okay, so here's the question. Do you still want to have an audio and or visual component, something playing alongside that determines stuff you have to do at certain times? Do you want someone popping up and saying, Naha! If you roll a six, go to hell! <laughs> um, I mean... Oh, oh, no, you know what? What? Why does it have to be horror? Like, we can have the person be like nice or be your friend and they're like no don't worry i'll get you out of this dungeon i'm the guy who's helping you if you roll a six you get a key yeah i mean or hi i'm super sexy if you roll a six take your shirt off (laughs) um it would be really cool to have you know the adult rule set to nightmare uh, that, that is something I hadn't considered. Like if, if you are the maggot in that moment, you have to take your shirt off and show your maggot cleavage. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> here's, uh, oh, you know, I, I, I like this. I like the idea of everybody having like a role, like as you start, like there's a deck of like names or characters that you take on and everybody gets one and like, Oh, I'm maggot and you're leech and he's tick. And. Oh yeah. Cause like in so many games, you'll have a role that determines you got like this different sort of skill that you have, or you have this extra Mm -hmm. bonus to this thing. And that's essentially the only thing like so often roles could be almost completely arbitrary. Just, you know, you might have one difference or one bonus, but probably that's as far as that goes. If it came down to like, you know, you couldn't predict what the the video was going to tell you to do. And this is the other thing too. We now have the technology to make this be oh yeah, uh, more of a choose your own adventure style of video that there could be multiple, uh, you know, uh, paths that you go down. And that changes what the video's outcome will be. So well, it's now, not here, so predictable. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. When we start introducing more and more interactivity, more and more like uh, computer driven, you know, here I'm going to orchestrate the play experience you're having. Like at what point does that transition from a board game to a video game? I think that any primarily tabletop experience uh-huh. with a with an AV component even if it is interactive will still be a tabletop experience cuz it's not like you're going to take like Skylanders or some, you know, uh, some amiibo thing and just because it's a physical property that you touch to your game oh, controller oh my God, like that's, I'm that's picturing a nightmare version of Scrabble. It's like stop. Who among you has a T on <laughs> You the person with the T. Yes. Discard it and draw again. But if you can use that T to spell the word maggot, <laughs> then you can be safe. Are you whoever's turn is next? Get a 20-point bonus if your word is a noun. But if it is not a noun, it is worth 20 points less. Yes, you. Your neighbor to the left. Throw his letters on the floor. 
<laughs> yes, good. Good, now the game may proceed. Yes, stop! Whoever is playing a word right now, pick it back up. You get negative points for whatever you were playing. <laughs> yeah. Stop! The letter that you are holding, is it a vowel? If so, you may play it. Is it a consonant? If so, you must swallow it. <laughs> oh, Stop. good stuff. You are now out of the game unless you can spell a swear word. <laughs> the most hated game by a church. Yeah. Play an ethnic slur. <laughs> Okay, so... And, like, if you get to the end, you have to, like, spell their name to banish them to the nether realm. Can, can we just agree that we just have to have some sort of character performance piece be some part of this? Like, it's it's so good! And it hasn't been really here since the 90s, man. Like... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm into it. And, you know, the cool thing is, like... It's the modern age. You don't need to have a VCR. This is like literally just an app that somebody pulls up on their phone when it's time to play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's a lot of games. Uh, I, I mentioned Secret Hitler a couple of uh, weeks back and, and yeah. still highly recommend you try that game out. It's it's mm-hmm. super good. But um, the app that corresponds, uh, I don't think it changes the way that it works. But basically you you, you hit play at the beginning and it's one of those like secret role uh werewolf style like reveals like okay yeah. it is now now the time that you like everybody close your eyes these people see themselves and now they know who they are that kind of thing but uh i believe it was narrated by will wheaton and he Ooh. when you hit play it will randomly play one of like 20 files and so you don't right. have the same thing every time like that is a cool idea but i think it's kind of underutilized like, you could easily have the app be, you know, a role that determines one of many, many things. And there could be, like, multiple steps to it that, okay, now you're on step two. Press this play button see what you get. Hmm. Okay, okay. So as you're playing along, like, that's the thing with a lot of uh, board games. Like, with the atmosphere-type games, it was timed, right? So, like, in the middle of your play, you would get interrupted. But with this, because it's app-based, you can just be like, okay, I've played my turn, now I hit play on the app, and we'll see what the next thing is, right? So you don't get interrupted all the time when you're trying to argue over how to spell syzygigony. Here's another idea. What if, like, everybody who plays has to have the cell phone and the app, Mm -hmm. and they all hit play at the same time at the beginning, and Mm -hmm. sort of a, like, agreement that you just don't stop the app and you, you you have full battery life but then there's sort of a timed component to it that you know the game is going to take an hour no matter what mm-hmm. but then different people with different phones are different roles and there will be different like sonic cues that will you know determine an outcome or something like that like if okay okay you're reading a you you, you hit play or you pick your role and then you know a certain thing that you, you maybe you have a different gameplay goal and then okay. the gameplay actually continues on the game board in front of you, but you know 
little audio cues from each other's phones would actually indicate some other thing, like some other action that you want to take. Okay, so like all your phones or whatever are queued up and they know, okay, we three phones are now part of the thing. We're part of this game. So the three phones decide amongst themselves, okay, this uh, I'm going to be the player who's the red. You're going to be the player who's blue. They're going to be the player who's green. And like, okay, now not only one thing, like everybody gets basically a character, right? So one of you is the wizard. One of you is the rogue. One of you is the barbarian. One Mm -hmm. of you is red. One of you is green. One of you is blue. One of you is, you know, this, one of you is that, one of you is the other. And the app will also say, okay, whoever is blue, now you do this. Whoever is the wizard, now you do this. And because it's randomized, like, the wizard isn't always the blue one, right? Mm, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like like when stuff like that happens in general, but does that facilitate that, that timed app? sonic queue feature like i i want to work on that a little bit one workshop on that Mm. um i'm trying to think of how that could be implemented in a story capacity like okay you know what you know what no i'm gonna say the blue wizard rogue thing whatever that's determined by cards ahead of time because i don't want to have a scenario where i didn't bring my smartphone to this party so i don't get to play i think this should be something where you load it up on one phone and the rest of it is all card and or board and or dice Hmm. based okay i don't hate that because that's a good point like it does have a sort of a technical limitation but another reality about what we're talking about in 2017 man is that you know people get together at each other's houses and and you know hey want to play jackbox sure like it's not even a thing anymore man like everybody's usually with their phones and yeah, but I mean, not thing. everybody is going to have the app necessarily and you got to be, oh, I got to go find it and I got to go download it or okay, like okay. maybe uh, it doesn't work with your particular t- kind of phone. I will. Ad- like, what do you mean you still have a Motorola? Fuck you. I will admit there is a technical hurdle there, um, but and I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to make a Luddite confession here. Are mm-hmm. you ready? Oh, God, don't even say it. My wife and I share a phone yeah but you are not normal people yeah no i mean i i hate cell phones in general i i i hate them so much uh which is why i don't have my own personal cell phone and uh by not having two different phones i have dragged my wife into this 19th century hell with me but uh but yeah you know what I'm one of the people who doesn't bring their phone to a party because I don't have a phone. I, it is the phone that I share with I feel, my beloved wife. I feel like just by nature of that being the thing that you're bringing to the table, that it's like, it's sort of inadmissible. Like you've got too much of a bias with that. <laughs> I'm just saying we are making a board game. I don't want to be a precondition that in order to play this board game, you must own a thousand dollar like slate of circuitry that you have in your pocket at all times. Like, I'm sorry. No, no, okay. you don't need that okay. to play a board game. Okay. 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 You know, you got a bit of a point there in that uh, the compromise is let's, let's say that it's optimized by at least one. Um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm fine. I'm fine with saying, OK, we have one phone that has the app like I'm cool with that. OK, so um, here's here's one thing that I think could could work. What if we were talking about a story 
that is playing mm-hmm. out for during this board game that is either uh, an impending monster threat or a, 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 an apocalypse sort of scenario or something mm-hmm. like that. And the sonic cues that, that happen are uh, they're timed. They're at least somewhat randomized or, or uh, you know, not, not predictable because, you know, whether it's one person has the app or, or whatever, there's sure. s- some sort of element of this, indi- you know, this unique program that it's going to roll some random things that happen at this at this time. But it happens in phases. Okay, so maybe mm-hmm. it's like, uh, say you're in uh, the Middle Ages and mm-hmm. it's an impending uh, 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 enemy, uh, a warring nation, right? And okay. they are going to lay siege but it, 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 in the first phase they're in the in the forest out out past the castle then in the second phase they're approaching the first wall of the castle then in the third phase they've breached that wall and they're coming into like the inner sanctum and then the final phase you know you're like the uh uh the the team that is protecting the king or something like that and like you're trying to solve the thing to stop them you know even from phase 1 but it's unlikely mm-hmm. um I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, here's my question. Are we players working together fighting against the app? Or is are we you know, like competing against each other and the app is just the thing making random stuff happen? Um, I, It could honestly be either. I like the idea of um, the app having a component that is... Uh, sort of not the narrator but you know how in in D&D a DM just has to make some decisions for you know what happens next with the story or what happens next with uh uh, uh the actions or whatever like they get somebody has like command of that mm-hmm. I would like for this phone and app to essentially have that but you know you can plug in variables and have it play a certain way uh, but at a certain point, it's going to surprise you with what happens next. Okay, okay. Uh, well, here's another thing. What kind of story milieu are we going to go in? Are we going Middle Ages? Are we going sci-fi? Are we going classical horror with Frankenstein and vampires and Wolfman? Are we going, like... We, we could make this any sort of setting, any type of, you know, overarching story. We could make it a murder mystery, like Clue... We could make it like, uh, I don't know, it could just be a word puzzle game, like Scrabble kind of thing, and not have an overarching fictional story to it. Uh, we could fight the devil. And... Okay, okay, I've, actually, I've actually got a thing. Okay, so. Okay, okay hit me, hit me. Um, my, one, my one thing off the top was, uh, and I, I was hoping to bring this up, is that I've been getting into this uh, 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 second season of Stranger Things, and I like the the way that they do um, trying to find a resourceful, uh, you know, uh, very odd approach uh, as a team of misfits to solve this impending problem. Uh, I mm-hmm. like that. But then what, off the top, when you said Middle Ages and sci-fi, my brain went, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. I'm so, fine with, with Bill and Ted. So what if we did something like roles that are all over space and time mm-hmm. 
and we were coming together to solve some impending things. Okay, so like a Lost Vikings sort of vibe where... Oh, God, yes! You're each like random misfits from out of different places in history. And like one of you is from the future, one of you is from the past, one of you is a caveman, and you all have different strengths and weaknesses, and you come together as a group because you have to destroy like this person who's trying to use time travel to set themselves up as master of the universe, and you gotta be like, no, fuck you, we're coming along for a ride in your time machine, we're here to fuck you up. This has got some good bones. All right. Like it? Like it? Okay, so we've got all our different characters. Like, you got got the cowboy, and, like, he don't read so good, but he's uh, damn good with a six iron. And you got, like, your caveman, and he's barely able to speak, but he can, like, hit things really fucking hard. And innate instinct survival skills. And you got, like... Uh, some kid from the future and he's like all kitted out with cyborg shit and you got like uh some guy from victorian england and he's a fencer right so he comes with a rapier and like you guys you're progressing you're finding you know new equipment you're picking up cards that represent like learning new skills Mm -hmm. and your whole thing is you're fighting this dude and he's like trying to go through history and alter events from your history that you remember happening. And he's like, oh, like the Americans invented the A-bomb? No, you know what? I'm going to give the recipe for like nuclear fusion to the Germans. And you're like, wait, no, that's no good. We need to stop you. I'm wondering if that's getting like too intricate of of a story plot to wrap up in any one month any one game like i could see this being a the plot meaning that uh like this plot is so versatile that it could be a series of games or expansions or whatever else oh, right? oh you know what else is cool what you're all each other's descendants and ancestors Ooh, like nice you don't know friend. it going into it but like as you the game progresses you're like wait a second you're my great-great-grandfather. And now, all of a sudden, you can't let anyone die. Because if, like, the caveman ancestor dies, all the rest of you start fading out. Hmm. That's interesting, too. Because, in theory, the most vulnerable person would be the caveman. But, like, mm-hmm. the future tech guy on your team uh, that you nabbed from the future is the most disposable because only he dies. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, okay, so, like, he's the most disposable, but he also knows the most shit because he knows how history is supposed to go. Everybody else, they're, like, part of this I don't know yet. But Hmm. he's the one who's got, like, Wikipedia wired into his brain, and he's like, okay, I know exactly how this battle is supposed to turn out. I know exactly that this dude is supposed to invent this vaccine. Okay, uh, I still, okay, there's a few things that we got to sort of form together here to make this work as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it would be nice to still have, like, the phases with the app, but also some other fundamentals need to happen. Like, is this a board that you go around the path? Is this, uh, you know, some other sort of game board arrangement? Um, also, the the resources that I was talking about before, and like what a win condition would actually be, or if it changes, or, or if a particular person could win, uh, or if it is purely like everybody together having to do the thing. Like that sounds like most thematically appropriate one. Okay, okay. So the voice in the app, there's two 
uh, voices. There's the one bad guy, and he's the guy who's throwing, you know, monkey wrenches into your shit. And he's the one who's like, okay, everybody, you know, now you have to, you know, pick through your cards and discard one of them because fuck you, I'm evil. And then you've also <laughs> got, like, your George Carlin, and he's like, okay, gang, uh, I know this sounds really bad, but I'm gonna need you all to, like, uh, I'll, I'll make sure that you get blue tokens, okay? And, like, you're going through... And you have to, like, make sure that uh, that shit happens, you know, according to the the sequence. And let's see, uh, what what I, is a win condition? What is a win condition? I, I, this 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 plucky George Carlin character being like, "All right, make sure you have uh, the enough blue tokens." It's like, okay, so that's we're playing the strip version. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's our our sexy voice that you take off a layer of clothing. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I'm fine with sexy George Carlin. I I mean, okay. What are we? I hmm. Like this is this is a strong concept, but I don't see the game board in my head. Like I can't see how play uh, how gameplay has turns in right now in my head. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, game board is two dimensional, right? There, you got your X and your Y, and your X is space, but your Y is time. Holy and shit, that's not bad. As you're moving through it, you can move, but you can only move diagonally. So, in order to move in space, you must move in time, and vice versa. Whoa, dude. Yeah, yeah, and that's then pretty all right. You're putting like the the voice on the phone is randomly saying, "Okay, now I'm going to drop this artifact at these coordinates. Now I'm going to put this way over in that corner." And you're skating through time and space trying to pick up the things you need, but at the same time, you're skating through like events and points in history, right? Okay. And wait, you wait, have Hold up, hold up, hold up. I got I, I got a good theory for this too. Um okay. So, if you're talking about like a chessboard and you're talking about the about like where the where the bishop is and how it moves diagonally, yeah. um, you one of the one of the issues there is that like the bishop can't necessarily hit the piece because you know you got one on either a black and a white square, right? You have to like mm-hmm. make sure it lines up. So, what if your team moving diagonally on this grid, uh, you know, same sort of rules apply that you can't move. Uh, over into the squares immediately to your uh, uh, left, right, up, or down. So as a team, if you go side by side, then you're then you're paired, and then you can move in tandem as a team. And then, like, this, a strategy might be initially that you have to scatter, or throughout you have to scatter, but the you're most powerful as a team because you, like, form into this, like, log that can move around... And, yes. like, take out, yeah, like, there's a battle formation and a scatter formation. I like the idea that when you're individual, you can move more limited but more fine. But when you uh, your two pieces come adjacent, now all of a sudden the way you move changes. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe that that concept also makes you move through space and time. The only thing that's a little bit weird about that is mm-hmm. that, ideally, if you're teamed up, in different space and time, how are you teamed up? 
Okay, you've got like subspace communicators. All of you, because you share a specific genetic link, right? You got the destiny because you have this specific genetic thing that has been passed down through your ancestry, and this allows you to communicate with your uh, with your. Uh, you know, past selves in like subspace. Like there is a time beyond time where things are happening like, and, and, and like that is the time stream in which if an event happens in the past, it ripples forward to the future. Oh, oh, and here's the thing, right? Because the board represents time, like anytime you drop something, Every time, like, a turn goes around, then anything that is in the past moves toward the future one step. I'm, I'm, I literally had to stop and start sketching out a grid on a piece of paper next to me to try and follow how this fucking works. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, you, you were saying space is, is Y and, t- uh, space was Y and time was X, or other I, way around? I do not care which I guess is it which. doesn't, doesn't matter, right? So, yeah, yeah. Okay. But here's the thing. Every time you go around the turns one cycle, then everything moves futureward by one step. So when you come to the end of your term, you got to make sure that you're not near the end of history because otherwise you fall into the end of history and you die. So you have to keep like moving around and making sure you're moving a little bit back every turn. Yeah, like I'm trying to think like, say if... If you're teamed up and everybody moves uh everybody moves diagonally one step to to the right, we wouldn't say that's like more towards the future. Mm-hmm. Um someone, like the middle person in that chain of three, mm-hmm. now become now moves to the exact same place that the person was before. So like you could be it could be a strategic things narratively that Oh, well, I'm going to be at that place next. I can pick up that thing from that chest if you leave it there. And then yeah, I'll... So, so we're going to get together so we're all lined up, and then we'll each take each other's places in our respective eras, and I'm the one who's got the rapier, or I'm the one who knows how to lockpick, so I'm going to be able to open this door. Fuck, man, this is good. Okay, so uh, uh, Chrono Trigger had stuff like that too, right? Where like, Yes. Y- yeah, the extra credit, the, uh, not extra, the, uh, what, what's it fucking called? The, oh, you remember where you, like, you had to leave quest. a thing in sunlight for a thousand years? Yeah, So you, yeah, like, you put it down, about. and then you travel into the future and pick it back up again? Yes. Yeah. That's Fuck. what I'm talking about. Mm. Okay, cool. So, um, whew. All right, what's our big bad? Okay, what is our big bad? Okay, uh, here's a question. Is our big bad in our family line? Is he our farthest descendant? I think that his prime motivator that would be the creepy thing is uh, that he's got a motivator to take out our family line no matter what. Like, all he's got a vendetta against all of us because we're trying to stop him. Yeah, in we're, we're basically he... like our family line is Sarah Connor. Uh, okay, can the bad guy be AI? Which makes sense. That's why he's in the phone. AI. Yeah, huh. like that. That's a Skynet scenario, and we're all struggling not only to to save time, but also to save the human race. That's a pretty good motivator. I like that. Yes. Yes, it is. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 
what's the what's the win condition? Just vanquish AI? <laughs> vanquish AI, like prevent that particular program from being developed, I guess. Okay. Or alternately, create a better AI earlier. Okay, here's here's another thing that um, or prevent the computer from being invented. That's all you gotta do. Just yeah. stop those pesky computers from existing. Yeah, just go back in time and assassinate Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. Just kill them all. So uh, here's Take the thing. Take that, Ada Lovelace. Here's the thing. Um, okay. The the resource management component with all the little parts uh, isn't really at play here, and that's that could be fine. I don't mind mm-hmm. sacrificing that for the for the cohesion of this product. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering if we could do a thing not unlike, okay, you remember in Secret of Evermore how, um, when you moved from, uh, era to era, there mm-hmm. was just this really rudimentary, like, okay, uh, a thousand talons now trades into one silver piece or whatever. And then like, mm-hmm. you just kept upgrading your currency through the eras. Oh, no, 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 dude. That's how you, that's how you, uh, trade resources back and forth. Like future guy is sending skills to his ancestors, right? So like future guy, he's got the Wikipedia jacked into his brain and he's like, yo, dude from the 1200s who's in the crusades, let me teach you like about electricity. But in exchange, that dude, he's in the past and he's like, let me set up a bank account so that uh, all the interest is going to accumulate and i'm going to leave that in my will to you so in the the future dudes getting resources this is really cool because you're like the concept is you're you're hacking time yes but you're also doing it with like this this group has sort of formed under the uh the very important pretense of you know saving humanity kind of an important thing uh for an objective so like the concept of like oh well you know i can i you know can go back into the past and and know all the lottery numbers um it kind of gets a little bit of a pass because hey you're you're trying to save the world trying to do yeah yeah pretty much well at least on on that's one element Mm -hmm. um is there anything that like, this is sort of a narrative thing from Chrono Trigger as well. Like, is there anything that the the cavemen from the past, cave people from the past, could actually bring to the table other than just brute force? Like, that's kind of how that is, huh? Well, I mean, brute force, uh, survival skills, like knowing, I yeah. don't know, how to make a fire. Um yeah, the future guy just doesn't know how to do any of that. Because yeah. he's just been... Well, there is... You could have a narrative excuse for that. Like, there could could be this sort of gradient of of life skill from past to future. Like, if you were just talking about four different uh, characters here, and you went uh, a cave person, uh, middle ages, present, and future, the future mm-hmm. person doesn't know how to make a fire... And the 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 present person might be able to succeed at the fire. The middle ages person absolutely knows, but can also like make cheese and like yeah raise chickens. And like the cave person uh, is all survival skills and brute strength. Future person is like you know like the kind of future people that the Wally uh, future yeah yeah like we, we're like horrible as humans now, but we have information. Yes. Hmm. Okay. So, is it it's still turn based? Because now, when you have this like moving in unison thing, 
I wonder if that still works the same way. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're going to have to either still have it be turn-based or, like, your turn, like, supersedes someone else's turn when you're moving in concert. Oh, no, 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 here's the thing, here's the thing, okay? You have turns or resource cards and like anyone can take a move at any time but every time you're doing it you're depleting one of your cards but if you're moving in concert like uh it only takes one card even though you're all moving well i also kind of just like the mobility concept of it that you can move through time and space faster if you're separate so like Mm. two spaces versus one space if you're you know moving together um, oh, oh no no no! The app in the phone it chimes once every thirty seconds. On that thirty-second chime, that is when one of you can do a thing. But you all have to agree on what thing you're doing by the time that chime comes up. Uh, because if it chimes and you don't agree on what you're doing, you're gonna lose that turn. That would be pretty good. And then like. It, it could easily just be like the chime happens, you move the thing, but then also, uh, you know, every three or four turns or something, then the then voices come in. And it's like, I'm dropping a resource at A10 or, or something like that. And then yeah. like that's randomized. Or, oh, good stuff. Okay. I think that the aesthetic of this could easily fall into place because it's basically like, okay, make a Chrono Trigger fan team, like fanfic team, basically. Like, it's yeah. so it's so easy to to make the aesthetic of this game. At least mm-hmm. you're you're pretty unlimited so long as the gameplay actually falls into place. The gameplay concept is there. The the technology like supporting it, I think it's pretty well good for what it is like this is clearly a draft and i want to fucking play this game fuck yeah but like are we good like i think we're good oh man that this is the only thing that really pisses me off about this is that like okay i i appreciate your stance on on like hey world out there take your own creative spin on this thing it's all good mm-hmm. like like free form your own game but, but, but you don't want this to happen you no. want to make this for yourself i want i want this to be ours like i don't want someone to steal this concept and make a million dollars i really don't <laughs> that would really annoy me um but i don't know anyway that this is one of the this is actually one of the things that has you know crossed my mind in the creation of this podcast altogether what if we had an idea that was actually worth stealing (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah no this this is some good shit but you know what my problem is i already do too many things yeah like i i ain't got the time to make this shit yeah fair Anyway, I think it's a pretty solid concept. We could probably talk to the right people to turn this into something else. Um, it's sort of in draft mode right now. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, if you're inspired by this concept to, like, sketch out some characters for what your concept of this might be. Hey, I'm not going to stop you. I like it. Uh, tweet it at us. All good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got to put a pin in this one for now because the podcast has to end at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to say we we should probably do that. Cool. Well, uh now there's that uh that part where I I just say the necessary plug stuff. We're on Facebook uh, and actually Twitter before you do uh Insta. before okay. you do that, yeah. I just want to say yeah. 
ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. and non-binary folks as well, if mm -hmm. you want to give my brother Luke here a wedgie... Ooh. Oh, a wedgie! You can have a drone do that, and you just go to narped.com slash H-I-G-A-I... It's and true. then to to trigger it specifically for Luke, yeah. it's like question mark user ID equals five three two eight, and that that's you. You're five two three eight. Okay. And cool. the drone will come, mm -hmm. and there'll be like video, live video, okay. live video. Yeah. And it will pull your underwear up very high, and it will be uncomfortable in your bum. Oh what? Oh, I didn't think it was. The, I th could have sworn you said it would give me a wedge of cheese. Well, I mean, it does afterwards. Like it, it get it puts your your underwear into your into your bum crack. But yes. then afterwards, once you have been made uncomfortable in the butt, yes, then you get like a little emmental. I would love some emmental after a, an uncomfortable butt crack experience. Yes. And I, I do appreciate NARPT being our sponsors this week so that I can I can proudly talk about that. That's K-N-A-R-P apostrophe D dot com. Sign up today. Can apostrophes be in a URL? Uh, they can if you're NARPT. I'm so glad that they exist outside of what is in the realm of possibility. Yes. Uh, so, so good of them to do that for us. It's so, convenient. I think that we have essentially finished our board game episode. The only remaining piece of the puzzle is us determining what we will make next week. And it is my turn. It sure is. Mason. Yes. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you know, uh, let me, let me transport you to, into a scene here. And, okay. uh, and the prize will be, will be the invention that we're going to come up with next week. Oh, boy. So, uh, say we're on a game show. Okay. We already did uh, game show, you, but you, all right. You, no, you did, you did your, you did your, uh, your winning, your winning, uh, you're, you're about to place your bid. Okay. And you're going to see what's behind the door. And behind the door is your own brand new house. House. Wow, that's a big door. It's a, it's more of a picture of the house because we couldn't get it on stage, but we are going to design a house. The house of the future. I'm just going to do a whole other take on that because that was really cringy. Hang yeah, on. <laughs> no, let's redo that. Okay. I think next week. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me, ask, let me ask you. Mason, what is your favorite genre of music? Uh, new jazz. New, okay, not not that one. Um, pick, pick, you know the one I mean. Po Polka fusion. No, not not that one. Uh, big brass band, but with people farting. Big... <laughs> I'm sorry. Your your third favorite Zydeco. genre of music. Zydeco. Zydeco. Their third favorite genre of music is a big brass band, but people are farting. Well, well big brassy farts, yes. It's house. I was going with house. That's let's not make, a let's music, make a, that's a doctor. Let's make, 
Let's make a house. We were going to play house? Yeah, let's play house. Okay. Next week we'll play house, okay? Uh, I, I'm fine with playing house. Cool. All right. That's going to do it this week. Next week, house. house. And Thanks until for next week, listening, people, humans, everybody. Don't trust the machines, but also. Yeah. Thumbs up, monorail like plan. Good night, everybody. Good night. Yep. Yep. Like that? Yep. <laughs>